Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Hello and welcome. It is wonderful to be with you again this week. I'm always excited about each and every show and today will be a wonderful discussion and enlightening experience as I introduce you to a beautiful new book, a wonderful author and speaker and uh, someone who is becoming a friend. And so Um, Before we get into that, I want to mention that the latest issue of 1111 Magazine is up. It is all about love, and right now, more than ever, that is something that uh, we can all uh, allow ourselves to be more surrounded by, as well as to experience and exude within our lives. So definitely check that out. It is free online all the time, along with the archives on the 1111 Magazine website, in addition to some beautiful new online courses that are being crafted and co-created with many of the 1111 alumni that have come through the pages of 1111 Magazine as well as on air with 1111 Talk Radio. So definitely check all of that out. All of the archived shows of 1111 Talk Radio are listed there all the way back to 2009 when I began on this wonderful network with my amazing Uh, Voice America family, and the information is timeless, as you will see today. I am excited to uh, introduce you to Daniel Bruce Levin, who has written a beautiful book, a fable called The Mosaic, and it is an extraordinary tale about the absolutely ordinary. It is actually an invitation to those who feel disconnected to reconnect again, to those who feel broken to know that they're whole, and to help us realize that what we see is not what is, but only what we see. Uh, The Mosaic Change Formula, uh, written by Daniel Bruce Levin, says, Our thoughts become our words. Our words become our stories. Our stories become our lives. To change any part of this equation, change any part of the equation, and everything changes. How profound and how true Uh, Daniel Bruce Levin walked away from an opportunity to run a business that was a household name in order to hitchhike around the world to find happiness and inner peace. The people he met along his journey remind him a lot of the characters in the mosaic. For most of his life, uh, Danny felt different. He saw things others did not see and thought in ways that were unlike the ways of his peers. It made him feel alone and isolated, and though he knew how to play the game and interact with others well... He never felt he was the same as them. This all changed when he started to work with leaders that were seeking innovation, and suddenly it was his ability to see differently that made him a sought-after commodity. He is an expert in business. He is an author, a speaker, um, and is about to embark on a journey this May that will take him around the country, allowing him to expand not only the essence of the mosaic, but actually bring to the world the essence of listening, something that is so needed at this time. Welcome, Daniel, to 1111 Talk Radio. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you here. It it is all my honor and all my pleasure. What a treat to be with you. We've had a couple conversations, and 
I am so touched that you feel the same way I do, that there's a friendship developing here because I love who you are, what you stand for, and the work that you're doing in the world. It's my honor to be with you today. Well, thank you, Danny. I would love to start with that quote that is, our thoughts become our words, our words become our stories, our stories become our lives. To change any part of this equation, change any part of the equation, and everything changes. And this is such a profound couple of lines, uh, especially with where we are in every aspect of life, whether it is an individual moving through their personal experience, uh, experiencing stuckness, experiencing chaos, uh, experiencing growth and expansion, or it is our country as it is experiencing so many changes and upheavals and sometimes what looks like complete insanity and other times what looks like the beautiful juxtaposition of our unique differences um, in coming together to make what is uh, very much represented by the mosaic. Talk a little bit about those two lines and um, how that change formula came to you and how it has impacted you in changing your own equation and how everything yeah. is being changed. I love that because just like you do easily with the way you live your life, you get to the essence of the things immediately. And I love that about you. For me, I was asked years ago to write uh, the story for one of the most anticipated hotel openings in the world. Uh, it was the Andaz Maui Resort. It was an LL. It was like a five-star, almost six-star resort that was opening up. And out of the blue, these people called me and said, "We want you to write our story." And I said, "How? How is that possible? We don't even know each other, and I, I don't. That's not what I do." And they said, "Yes, it is." And and they brought out of me something that was really beautiful. And I said, "Okay, tell me what your story is." And they said, we don't have a story. That's what, I'm, that's what we want you to do. So I said, why do people come to Hawaii? And they told me they come to fall in love. And, uh, and they fall in love with the land. They fall in love with each other. They fall in love with the, with the weather there. They just fall in love there. And I said, okay, if you would be kind enough to send me the core values of your company, what I will do is I will create characters that fall out of, out of those core values values and we'll create a love story through those characters and so one of the characters that I created for them was this man that every man wants to be he was the most charismatic he was the most he was the best leader he was the strongest swimmer he was the best at, at, at all the arts and crafts he was the best fighter and he was the best in the surfer and, and kayaker and every Every person, every man wanted to be him and every woman wanted to be with him. And so I closed the chapter by saying, and he went home every night to another woman because every woman on the island wanted to be with him. And they said, whoa, whoa, Danny, this story is great, but we can't end it that way. That's not the type of image we want to have for the hotel. And I said, oh, my God, of course, how foolish of me. And so I changed eight or ten words. And I changed that sentence to say, Every night, although he could have gone home with any woman on the island, he couldn't wait to get home to the one woman he longed to be with all day. Completely changed the story, completely changed who he was as a person, completely changed the way he was perceived. 
And what it made me realize is eight or ten words in the story that we write about our life are all we need to change to change the entire story of our life. So if we look at our life and any part of it is out of sync, we need to look at the thoughts that we're having, the words that we're saying, and the, and the stories that we're telling. And we can change anything. If we change any one of those things, the outcome of everything will change. If we change the outcome, the thoughts will change. If we change the story, the words have to change, right? So we just have to take a look at the fact that we are the authors of our own story. This is our life. We're writing our story. We're telling, we're telling the world what we want it to hear. If we're not happy with it, change the story. Well, and what I'm hearing you say is, and what I see so often in the world, is that people are owned by their stories rather than owning their stories. And that shift of owning their stories gives them the opportunity and the empowerment to then rewrite it, to then change the thoughts or change the words or change any part of the equation. I, I love that. And you're, and you're so right. One of the things that someone, I, I've been doing some work with some people and they're helping me and, and they watched me over time say the stories almost memorized word for word exactly the same way. And they said to me, do me a favor, tell that story differently. Started out with a whole different way of saying it. How would you express that story if you could say it the way you've said it now hundreds of times? Say it fresh. And it was so interesting because the story I was telling at that point was that I'm the, I'm, I have the blessing to be the dad of a 30-year-old developmentally delayed daughter. And it, I, when I looked at it and I changed the story, I said, I have the most beautiful daughter in the whole world who has blessed me and given me so many gifts. One of the things that's interesting about her is that she has a developmental delay. And that's taught me so much. But just the simple fact of changing the words around can, changes the whole way it's perceived, changes the whole way I show up in front of a person. And it's so in interesting when we do that. It's really, really fascinating. I often say that, um, you know, our life and, and what we experience ends up being the mess but that also ends up being the message, and then we become the messenger of that. When I read through the mosaic, I can tell that it has come from a place of spirit where so much is being brought into you, where it feels like the book is, is flowing on its own. But yet there's an undercurrent where I can tell these are pieces and parts of Danny's story as well. And 100%. also the message that both Danny was supposed to hear, but also through spirit that the world is meant to hear. Talk a little bit about the process of what unfolded for you, um, because it almost seems like it was, number one, cathartic, but yet it also oh. seemed as if it was purposeful and it, it gave life meaning and it gave life a new sense of purpose in, in simply being written. Uh, you couldn't be more spot on. I, you know, I worked for Hay House for 10 years, and I was the director of business development there. And during the course of the time that I was there, we grew the company from $3 million a year to $100 million a year in sales and in revenues. And one of the things that I realized pretty early on is that most of the authors that were write, who had written the books weren't writing the books that they knew and needed to teach, but they were writing the books that they most needed to read. 
And the mosaic for me is certainly that book. It was not the book that I knew anything about. It is not the book that I that I knew. It's the book that I most need to learn and most need to read, write, uh, read and understand. And as I was writing it, I thought, well, I wrote this book for the Andaz Hotel. That's going to be easy to write. It took me two or three months to write that. And I created that out of nothing. This is, a, this is, based, this is a parable based on the story of my life. This should be easy. I should be finished this book in six weeks. And as I sat to write the book, I kept writing it, and it was hard to write. It took a, it, 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 Besides the fact that it went into the depth of my soul and asked me to, to look at some things that I wasn't looking at, it, it, I was writing it, and then in the evening, I, I, went, I felt, boy, I'm happy with this chapter. In the morning, I woke up, and the chapter was gone. Somehow it was it was disrupted. It was gone. It wasn't. It it was like I didn't save it, even though I I knew I had saved it. And that process went on for two and a half years. I got so frustrated. You can ask my wife. I would wake up at two o'clock in the morning and stay up and and just meditate and pray about this book and listen and try and think that how am I going to write this in a way that I can get it. And you would think I would be smart when this happens over and over and over and over again. I would start to ask, but I didn't. I just plowed through it and thought there's something I'm doing wrong. There's something that isn't happening. Around two and a half years into it, I I had an idea. I said, I'm going to talk to the book. I'm going to just ask the book if there's something it's trying to say to me. And one by one, the characters appeared before me. And they said, Danny, we want you to write what we're telling you we want to say. We don't want to, we don't want to say what you're writing for us. So as often as you write what you think we want to say, we're going to delete that from your, from your files because that's not what we want to say. We want you to listen to us. And mm. it, it, it hit me so hard. Here are characters that I was making up. This was, this was my story. I mean, these were based on people that I knew along my life, but I was making these people up. But they had a life to them. And they were speaking to me. And when I listened to what they were saying, I now go back and I read the mosaic, and there is so much in it for me. There's so much there that I gain every single day that I said, wow, I had no idea this is what was happening. I had no idea when, I was, when this was being written that this is what that meant. And so there's a sense of discovery that happens to it. So I want just people to invite, I want to invite people who are listening to ask themselves, what is my business saying to me? What is my situation saying to me? If I were only to listen, what would I hear? It's a marvelous inquiry. There's a lot in what you've just said, uh, Daniel, in, in terms of modeling, in terms of being an example, in terms of the power of where we as a human species need to go. And, and that is that place of, of listening to ourselves, listening to our lives, listening to what is in front of us. And right now it does feel like there's so many people talking and no one is listening. And there are seven plus eight billion people on the planet and every single one of them wants to be seen, heard and acknowledged. And yet there's probably not a one of them that truly feels that way. Talk a little bit about the scope of listening uh, as you see it today. Well, it, it's so, what you're saying so touched me and so moved me 
that I decided I was going to take a trip around the, the world. I want to start in the U.S. because I'm, I'm going to leave the day after my 65th birthday. So I don't know if, my, if the nomadic lifestyle will fit. I'll be able to do it. But I, I, I'm, I can't wait for it. I'm so excited for it. Uh, what I really wanted to do is out of my own need, out of my own desire to learn how to listen better to people. I wanted to go out. I want to go around the world and ask people if they were given the space to say what they really want to say. I want to, to ask them what they would say. And I know we're about to come up to a break. So, And I want to start, when we come back from the break, if it's okay, sharing with you the story of, of my daughter, who I spoke about already, because she taught me what listening is all about. But when we can go to people and ask and hold the space for them to say, what would you really like to say if you could say anything that you want to say? That, mm. What would they say? What would, what would happen? When we, see, when we see industry spewing pollution from its, from its pipes, from its chimneys into the air, what is the earth saying to us? When we look at indigenous people who have been here and, and walk this planet and we don't respect them, we walk right by them, what would they say to us? What does, what does the spirit of our religion say to us? What, do our le- what are our leaders really saying to us? When I, when I thought about it, it really mirrored what, and you helped me see this. It really helped me mirror the fact that all of us have such a desire to be heard. And we live in a world where we really don't get that opportunity. I was sitting the other day with my wife, and she was saying, Danny, you're not listening to a thing I'm saying. You're about to go on this trip and listen to the world, but you don't even hear me. So I thought the voice of the voiceless was the poor and the downtrodden. But it's my wife because I'm not listening to her. It's my kid who's a, squ- who's a round peg that goes to a school where they try and put square pegs in, square pegs in square holes. He doesn't feel heard. It's a CEO of a company that says it's lonely at the top. Because I can't really tell my, my people what I believe. He doesn't feel heard or she doesn't feel heard. It's the people in the company that don't feel a, a, a culture of trust where they can actually say what they feel. They don't feel heard. So we're living in a world where nobody feels heard. Not nobody, but the majority of us don't feel heard. So what do we do? We scream and we yell and we, and we create chaos so that we can just catch the attention of somebody so someone will listen to us. But in our screaming and our yelling and our chaos, we're, we forget what it is we actually want to say. Because what we're saying when we're screaming is not what we would say if we were quiet. Mm. And that's what, that's what excites me. One day away from being ordained a rabbi in Jerusalem, Israel, Daniel Levin left to come back to America. He opened a cafe and a bookstore in San Francisco and then went to live for 10 years in a monastery in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains as a monk. He became the director of business development at Hay House and played a big part in helping it grow from $3 million to $100 million over the next 10 years. He's a rare blend of mystic and businessman and believes it's his ability to see things from a different perspective that draws people and companies to work with him. He's the author of The Mosaic, a beautiful fable that touches the heart and soothes the soul, but to this day he feels he is not the author. He knows it was the characters of the fable that actually wrote the story. You can find out more at themosaiconline.com. That's themosaiconline.com. We'll be right back with Daniel Bruce Levin.
Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. My guest today is Daniel Bruce Levin. He's the author of The Mosaic. And this is a story about Mo and his, uh, the course of his life after his father passes and the people that he meets along the way. Let me share with you a little bit of the wisdom that his father stated before passing. You are ready. I have done what I was brought here to do. What you need now, I cannot give you. Soon others will come to guide you. Do not be distracted by how they look or what they do. Nothing is as it seems. I have prepared you, for you are not like the others. You see things they do not see and hear what they do not hear. Be vigilant with all, even the voices that live in your own head. Always listen, but do not always follow. When you meet those who can guide you, follow them. There will be times when you feel you can't trust yourself. Trust yourself anyway. There will be times when you feel completely alone. Know this, you are not alone. In time, more will be given to you, and you will understand. I must go now, but I will never leave you. Though my time here is over, I will always be with you. Things are not what they seem. 
This is from the book, The Mosaic by Daniel Bruce Levin. You can find out more about his work at themosaiconline.com. And as of this summer, I'm sure you can be following him on social media and many other formats along with his podcast as he ventures out into the world to be a good listener. Uh, Welcome back, Danny. I want to talk a little bit about where we ended off in terms of that listening and the story that you were telling in regard to your wife and how people clamor when they're not being heard. As you venture out and are wanting to listen to people, so often because individuals have not even listened to themselves, they don't even really know what they want to say, much less have the opportunity to say it. So the type of listening that you're going to to be present to might very well be the shadow aspect of them or the wounded aspect of them. Um, it may not even be something that is, is as conscious. And I find this profound simply because as I look through the imagery that you have placed in the the book, The Mosaic, number one, it the entire book is a mix of black and white pages um, and a mix of black and white images. And this speaks a lot to me uh, due to my own personal journey because I know that we are equally light and equally dark. So symbolically, that is really beautiful. But on top of that, the mosaic images that you have within the book are white, black, and many shades of gray. And those different mosaic pieces that make up each image, not only are these different shades, but within themselves they are textured and have more degrees of white, black, and shades of gray. Mm -hmm. So as you venture out into the world and you're meeting people and you're listening to them, how are you going to receive an experience and what is it that you're desiring to do with the white, black, and shades of gray that you're receiving? What a thoughtful question. Um, and I think that it would be almost um, lacking humility of me to say an answer to you. Because what I think I know now is only what I think I know now. But I do know that as I venture out and hear the voice of the voiceless, I have this um, compelling desire that I, I often wished I didn't have. Because I'm I'm 65 years old, it would be so much I would be so much easier to stay in the comfort of my home with the comfort of my family, to just continue to do the work that I'm doing in it from here. Because there's a part of me that knows that I don't need to go anywhere to do anything because everything is right in front of me, and yet there is this there is this volcano of energy that isn't restless; it's peaceful that compels me to go out and listen to the voices of those who aren't heard. It's really interesting. I, I spoke of my developmentally delayed daughter and the story that I reframed. And I just wanted to share with you one of the things, one of the huge, huge lessons that she taught me. Um, for She doesn't speak like you and I speak. And so people really don't understand her when she speaks because she almost speaks as if she had a stroke or or something else happened and she never had a stroke. But her words aren't clear when they come out. And because I love her so much and because we're so close, I've grown to sort of try to understand a lot of the things she's saying, but we're not talking about big philosophical issues. We're talking about just basic human needs. And most of the time I get what she's saying, even though I don't understand it from her words, I just understand her, the feeling of what she's trying to do. 
But there's so many times, Simran, where I don't get them and I don't understand. And when I don't understand, what I see she does is she, she'll start to yell and scream. And she thinks that it's in the volume of her that I haven't understood her because I couldn't hear her. But it wasn't the volume of what she was saying. It was the clarity. And yet to her, to her grace, sometimes when she raises her voice and she yells and she screams it, the way she pronounces a word makes it a little bit clearer for me. And I do get something, but most times not. And when she yells and I don't understand her, then she'll go into a tantrum and those could be in the middle of a restaurant while we're walking outside together they could be while we have people at our house they could be just when she and I are alone together it doesn't matter it just seems to come up whenever it comes up she'll start to tantrum and when she tantrums and I still don't get her then what she'll do is she'll she'll run at me and she'll try and rip my shirt or bite me and she gets so frustrated she'll just attack Before I go on with the story, I want to say one of the things that I realized after 15 years of this happening, 5, 10, sometimes 15 times a day, sometimes never happened, sometimes there were days when it didn't happen, but most days it happened some amount of time, I realized that every single person that I meet and every single person that I work with and every single person that I know goes through that same progression. When they speak and they don't get heard, they yell. When they yell and they don't get heard, they create a scene. They disrupt something. They create chaos. When they create chaos and it doesn't, they don't, they don't hurt, get hurt, they try and destroy something. It could be blowing up a building. It could be taking a gun from the window of a building and shooting down into a, a, a mass, mass group of people. It could be destroying the reputation of a doctor. It could be destroying a family. It could be, it, it's some, some way it comes out. Finally, after 15 years of Elisa doing that with me and me just having this incredible desire to understand her, I said, Elisa, we've been doing this a long time. And somehow through your words, I don't understand you. Is there another way you can communicate to me that it doesn't use words? And from the midst of her rage, she was just screaming and yelling and coming at me. She stopped in her tracks. And she had this big smile on her face. And she said, I am, Daddy. Perfect English. And I said, what the heck do you mean you are? What are you talking about? How could you, what are you you doing? Tell me what it is so I know. And she took her forefinger and put it to, to the side of her head. And I said, you little son of a gun, have you been putting thoughts in my head? And I had thought she was doing that, but I just didn't trust it. And she started to laugh and laugh so loud, like, like this Buddha-esque laugh that came from the pit of her stomach that became contagious. And we just started to laugh together. And she said, yes, daddy, yes, you finally understood. Yes, I've been talking to you through my mind. You have to listen to me there. Perfect English. Mm. Mm. And, I, and I went, oh, my God, what I need to do when I don't understand somebody is not just walk away and say, I don't understand them. I need to look for the way that they are communicating that I can understand. And for me, that's the trip that I'm about to take on. on my, that's my journey. That's my journey to see how can I communicate better. I already know when I speak to people, it isn't the words that I'm saying that are important. The words I use to just occupy the mind so that the mind has something delicious to think about and feel. But the real transmission is a transmission of heart and soul. 
And hopefully people feel that in the resonance of my voice, even in this talk conversation that we're having. It isn't the words that I'm saying that will transform us. It's the feeling that the words have. It's the vibration. It's the energy that we exchange together, which we're both experiencing at the very same time. And so how can I hear what people are saying in the, in the silence of what they say, in the space between the words that they say? Because that's really what the mosaic has done for me. The story is a beautiful story. But I found the space between the words as much more compelling to me because it's given me a direction and a purpose and a, and, a, and a reason for the rest of my life. It's become the blueprint of the rest of my life to go out and do exactly what Mo did. And that's what the book said to me. Mo said to me after I finished, become like me. Go out into the world and sit with those people nobody sits with. Listen to those people that nobody cares about because in their stories, in their wisdom, might be solutions to problems that we have not been able to solve. Mm. You know, there's so many degrees of listening. And the truth is that when we all speak, uh, the majority of the time it's our ego speaking. The majority of the time it is the image of who we've become based on the wounds we've had or the stories that we've told ourselves and the desire to portray something opposite to all of that. And so when we listen to truly hear another person is like you said when you were speaking of Elisa, it is, can we listen to the tone? Can we listen to the vibration? Can we listen to the energy? Can we listen to what's behind the words? Can we listen to the feeling, the expression, the essence of, of what is essentially wanting to be expressed? And so much of what I have discovered is that can we be present to and sit with and hold the heartbreak, the humanity, the, the sacred experience of life that another individual has without the need to change it, fix it, save it, mm-hmm. adjust it, mm-hmm. and, and hold it in the reverence and the purity and the beauty of what that soul came to be as that specific mosaic piece to complete that entire beautiful picture yeah. that is the that is the divine, and that's yeah. what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, it, you know, I I listened to an interview that Thich Nhat Hanh had with Oprah on Super Soul Sunday a long time ago, and he said what I believed much better than I do. So I want to credit him for saying to you the story that I'm going to tell you because it's really his story, but it's, he captured what I truly believe. And he said, there's something called compassionate listening where we just hold the space and say to people, tell me what it is you really believe. And I used to hold that space inside of me, but it was so painful when it came inside of me that I didn't know how to deal with it. So I, I held it now, I held it in a container outside. In my book, it's called, the character that does that is the trash man. And the trash man says, put everything that you feel, everything that you believe, everything that hurts you, all the pains that you have, put it into this can, into this receptacle. And, and the compassionate part of that process is they might say to me, Danny, you don't understand. You're the one that's causing me this pain. You're the one that's making me upset. 
And instead of defending myself or instead of rationalizing or instead of answering it back and saying, but that's not true, I just say to them, please tell me more. Tell me what it is you want to tell me because this is, I want to hear it. I want you to put it all in here. And the compassionate side of that listening is that when they can empty themselves and put into this trash can all that pains them, they have the experience for even just a moment of knowing what they feel like no longer carrying that pain. And when their pain is my pain, we're the same. When I go, when I go, and you help me to see this, when I go to talk to the Ku Klux Klan, when I and I sit with them, it isn't their hatred that I'm I'm worried about. It's my hatred. It's discovering the hatred in me that I put so much that I have so much shame about and so much anger over that I've stuffed it deep into a crevice in my own little home that I don't want to look at it. And I'm not saying that it'll be the racist hatred of white supremacy, but it'll be the hatred of some other hatred. And it might be that. It might be this feeling of entitlement that I feel better because I'm a white man. But I need to discover that. And when we realize that this reciprocal, that they're putting their things in, is all of our receptacles. When I listen to their pain and their suffering, it's my pain and my suffering that goes in at the same exact moment. The compassionate moment of that is how do we feel when we're free of that, when we no longer have to carry that within our being? We can always go back to the receptacle and take it back, but we also have the option to just keep walking and let the trash man put the trash can into the trash truck, grind it up, and drive it off and never have to experience it again. Mm. When you look at the mosaic, the connection of its pieces tell a story. Some connect side to side, while others connect only corner to corner. The learning of the mosaic is that we do not need to agree or connect in every way. But when we find the one place we agree, the connection we share, the mosaic remains whole. We are one connection away from an entirely new reality. Who you are now is only that, who you are now. Remember, no matter how bad things get, you are the only one connection away from an entirely new opportunity. Every time a door opens, walk through it. If you hit a wall, just turn around. Another opportunity will come to you. Just keep walking. One connection is all we need to not only transform the life we live, but the world that we live in. The Mosaic is a magical book that will inspire conversation around the possibilities that exist when we are able to see what we do not see. It will entertain and uplift you through the magic of connection, and it will linger with you while after you finish the story. You can find out more about Daniel Bruce Levin and the book The Mosaic, along with what he has upcoming at themosaiconline.com. That's themosaiconline.com. We'll be right back with more Daniel Bruce Levin. want more more joy more abundance more power and presence how would it feel to have more loving relationships more empowered community greater fulfillment and life purpose the 1111 mastermind community inspires empowers guides and supports transformation 
Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. My guest today is Daniel Bruce Levin, and we are talking about the mosaic, a beautiful fable that he has written, uh, where he is being spoken to by the characters within the story. Uh, One of the characters that I'd like to introduce you to is the road worker, and something profound and beautiful uh, that might resonate with you, because I'm sure you've come across your own potholes in life. Every road in life, no matter how beautiful, has its potholes, and though each pothole presents a different set of challenges, the solution is almost always the same. Chip off the bumps, fill in the ruts, and get to the other side. What strikes me most is not the potholes themselves, but how people respond to them. Over the years, I've watched many people. Some see the pothole and drive around it. Others drive right into it assess the damage, and do whatever it takes to get their car fixed. Still others drive into it, damage the front end of their car, and never admit that something needs to be fixed. They drive, hoping no one will notice, but everyone notices. The ones who interest me the most are those who drive into the pothole and never leave. They get stuck there. They forgot how alluring the road has been, with all the twists and turns and ups and downs, and they cannot see that. The road on the other side of this pothole is awe-inspiring, filled with possibilities and opportunities. They get stuck, and they start to believe there's no way out, that the road will never be smooth again. I am a road worker, and I assure you, no matter how bad it seems, every pothole will one day again become a smooth road. 
that segment of your book, The Mosaics, speaks to so much uh, in regard to how many people really do live their lives. And part of the reason that so many individuals get stuck, they stay sitting in the pothole and do not allow the road before them to be ventured on, nor the pothole itself to be fixed. When I think about that, I think about the disconnection that takes place, the disconnection of the heart, the disconnection of the spirit, and the apathy, the indifference, the hopelessness that seems to settle in uh, around an individual as they go through the bumps and grinds of everyday life. As you're moving into a greater experience of listening and as you look back on your own life with that power of listening, these different characters that appeared within the mosaic, were these characters people that you listened to along the way of your journey or did their messages really come through at the end in writing this book? Yes and yes. Uh, they, and that's why when you initially asked me when I go out on this journey, how do I, how do I think I will listen? I think listening is a, for me, listening is a quality that just continues to emerge. Like when I, when I heard you read about the road worker right there and, and just what you read, I literally sat here in, in a sense of awe, not from what I had written, but from what was written through me, because it so much caps, encapsulates the story of my life. There are so many moments that I just coast freely through life. And, and life is so e- easy and effortless. And it just feels like everything is falling into place. And there are moments when I'm sitting in that pothole that I just feel like I've forgotten how beautiful and easy life is because I'm only thinking about the problem. And the more I think about the problem, the more I make the rut of the pothole deeper. And I start to believe that I'll never get out of the pothole, that that pothole is my reality, that that pothole is where I'll spend the rest of my life. And I think about how exquisite another character speaks about it as well which is the uh, street artist as he makes mosaic uh, mo- mosaics on the street. People come to him and with all these broken pieces of glass and, when they, and they pour them out in front of him and just leave them all this broken glass with him. And he says to Mo, when Mo comes to sit with him, broken pieces tell incredible stories if you'd only listen to them because they all speak about what they used to be when they were whole they all speak about something that they did before in their life which was magnificent and they feel like now they're just a broken chip of what they used to be but my job as the street artist is to put all those pieces together and create something so much more exquisite than anything that had ever been made before by bringing all of these pieces together to come together as one piece. And we call that now the mosaic. Our, our potholes, our broken pieces are such glorious parts of our life. But they're not glorious because we live in their brokenness or we live in the, in the, in the space of, of the pothole. They're glorious because the road worker, in order to do his job, he has to take me out of that pothole. He can't fill the pothole with me in it. So he, he will come and lift me out of that pothole so that he can do his work because he has to get on with fixing the road. So if you're finding yourself in a pothole, if you find yourself in a place where you just have lost hope and lost faith and lost belief in what you're doing, just like I have so many times, 
just reach up to the road worker and say, road worker, will you help me? And he'll come and take your hand and just lift you out. It's just that simple. We've made life very hard, but it's really, really simple. If we remember to be humble and just say, please help me. I need your help to get out of here. Mm, The underpinning of both the stories and what you've just spoken uh, really has to do with connection. And I think that, you know, we can paint the picture of, you know, building a business or being in service or uh, embarking on any kind of career or adventure or uh, extravagance or purchase ultimately what we want is connection ultimately the void that all of those things fill is some way to feel a part of something greater and feel the connection between ourselves and that which is greater what is what is the connection that is really ultimately woven through the parable that is the mosaic as I, as I hear it over and over again, as it comes back to me more and more, it, it always touches me at a different place. But the place that I sit with it now is this, is this one place that every single voice matters and that everything in the world is speaking to us. The wind is speaking to us. As I look out now, the Santa Anas are here in San Diego and they're blowing ferocious winds. They're, they're, they're saying something to us if we would listen. I had the opportunity, Simran, to um, travel around the world a lot. I've had the opportunity to sit with the richest of the rich the, and, and have them be my friends. I've had dinner at the, in their homes and met their parents and met their children. And I've had the equal opportunity to sit on a cardboard box with some of the poorest of the poor and to sit on street corners where even a cardboard box was a luxury with just some of the people that nobody ever would sit with. And every single one of them wanted only two things. They wanted to be loved and accepted. They wanted to be listened to and heard. And I realized I don't need to have a college degree to do that. I don't need to belong to a religious organization to do that. I don't need to do anything. I don't need to have a lot of money to do it. I don't need to have no money to do it. I can very simply just take a few moments and listen to people. I remember, if I can, just to tell a story, sitting on a street corner with a homeless man. His name was Corey. And I said to him, Corey, if there was one thing that you wanted to tell people that would help the world, what is it you would say? And he said, If people would only take 10 minutes out of the course of their lifetime to ask another human being they don't know how they're doing and listen to their response, they have no idea how much that would impact that person's life. And if we all did that, how much that would enlighten our world. And I said, Corey, that's so beautiful, but why that of all things? Why is that so important to you? And he said, Danny, I'm an empath, and I sit on the street corner and I watch people go by and I feel how much they hate me and how much they, the scorn they have for me. And sometimes it's not my empathic ability. Sometimes they'll just come up and, and kick me and punch me and spit on me and yell at me. 
And I started to think what a burden I am on society for just sitting here and doing nothing. There's so much hatred that people have towards me. I'm going to just go home tonight and end my life. And not two minutes after I had that thought, a man came up and put his hand on my shoulder and said, how are you? And he sat and listened to me for 10 minutes. And I went home that evening and I said, I can't commit suicide. Somebody actually cares about me. Someone took time out of their day to just ask me how I'm doing and listen to me. And who knows, maybe he'll come tomorrow and maybe he'll be there the next day or maybe he won't. But the fact that I now know somebody cares, I can't commit suicide. I can't leave this world. I want to care that much about somebody that I make that impact on them too. Corey has no idea that he impacted my life with those words to send me on this road to do this listening project. Mm, What you're really speaking about is each and every one of us having a sense of humanity. It is an opportunity for us to, to truly tap in to our hearts, to be able to feel not only for ourselves, but to be sacred witness and feel to that which is another. I think the wise one within the mosaic says it beautifully. Separateness is the great illusion of this reality. You experience the oneness of the mosaic. You know we are all connected. And even now you think things are separate. That is the power of the illusion. I have walked with you on your walk and I've watched you. Without knowing it, you practiced the initiation of connection. You sat with people you met and you listen to them. This is what connects people. There is a beauty in the ones who go unnoticed. Spend time with them and listen to their stories. The more you listen, the more they will tell you. And if you ask them why so many feel broken and disconnected, they might just share with you what is needed to connect this world again. There will be those who tell you it is impossible to reconnect a disconnected world. They will tell you it is too late, that what is broken is irreparable. The only reason they believe it is impossible is because they have not yet seen a way to make it possible. By gathering together those of like and unlike minds, each will show you the other the world they see. And if we listen to each other, we will see what we have never seen before. And perhaps the impossible will suddenly seem possible. It is in this place that innovation, magic, and miracles exist. This is the mosaic. This was the wise one's final initiation. With that, the days of the wise one ended and the days of Mo began. The wise one sat down. And now as Mo walked around the room, he repeated the message of the wise one to all. Connected, we are happy. Disconnected, we suffer. This is The Mosaic. I invite you to discover this beautiful book, The Mosaic, by Daniel Bruce Levin. When we connect to each other as pieces of the mosaic connect, when we highlight our similarities rather than magnify our differences, everything changes. With some, we will feel a deep connection. With others, our connection will be smaller. But the important thing is the realization that we have a connection with everyone. Check out The Mosaic at themosaiconline.com. Learn more about Daniel Bruce Levin by connecting to his own podcast, as well as uh, connecting to the journey that he'll be embarking on on May 1st of 2020. Again, that website is themosaiconline.com. Thank you, Danny Levin, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. My guest next week is Christopher Vassie, and we will be talking about sugar, inflammation, and your health. Until then, 
I am Simran. In love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality. Your heart to greater compassion and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.